0: I never know how my hair looks because, fantastic, it's hard to get the angle. Because then I look this way. I'm gonna look at you. Does that? Does my hair look okay? It looks great. I'm trusting you. I think it looks great. I mean, it's messy. Messy's in though. I'm going for the, the just, messy look. Just woke up. I I don't want it to seem like I was trying too hard for you, Adam. I don't. I don't I want don't, to seem I don't get that vibe. Like I I was I cared too much. And in fact,
1: it seems like you're not trying at all.
0: That's a, that. That's the vibe I'm going for. <laughs> is that I just am not trying at all. Um, Perfect. we got, we have a lot to talk about here. New albums out. hmm Barstool Whiskey. Oh, Jesus. Out of the gate. My phone's ringing. Barstool Whiskey Wonderland. Yeah. But I didn't realize I was going, I was listening to the new Laney Wilson, w- w- Laney Wilson album recently. Yeah. And you wrote this one song on it, Live Off, which yes. I, I didn't even know. And you wrote, I'm checking Spotify. You wrote this with Dallas Wilson, Tranny Anderson, Laney. I love all these people. Why was this not a, um, um, Dolly song was this written for Laney? It
1: was. It was written kind of in two parts. Like we, the first initial write was me and Dallas and Tranny, and we came up with that hook, which is it's it's basically like I can't turn the way I live off. And I just thought, what an incredible! Like sometimes songs aren't for me, and I know they're probably not going to be for me, but I still write them anyway because the hook is so freaking good. I know somebody's going to want it. That one we ended up finishing with Laney. And Laney is just somebody that is so Laney Wilson. Like she couldn't be any more Laney Wilson if she tried to. And so that that song landed in a perfect place in my in my world. Like I can't think of a better artist to cut live off. So do you go with Dallas and Tranny, Do you go, I'm not gonna cut this? And yeah. neither one of them
0: are really publicly pursuing an artist career. So then do you guys say, We need to get an artist in here to finish this? Or else nobody's gonna cut this.
1: Yeah. And in this case, Dallas and Tranny are like part of Laney's trusted songwriting team. Like yeah, I right. think they actually have a name. They call themselves the Heart Wranglers. And they I think they were they did a writer's retreat somewhere out in like New Mexico or somewhere like that. And they actually hollered at me before and were like, Do you mind would you mind if we, you know, brought this to Laney? And I was like, absolutely, that's a great idea. Because I have my thing that I do that. That is just, it's kind of hard to describe. It's just a thing that, that people just say, are you going to do the Adam Doliak thing to this song? And that's kind of what people say to me, because I, I have this, I guess vocally, it just kind of is a thing. Yeah. And this particular song, like, you know, it's like the deer I killed this morning, and there was some chicken fried in there at first. And like, it was just a little more country than stuff that I'm, it just wouldn't be authentic for me to do. While Lainey singing this stuff is so authentic and believable that it just applied perfectly to her you know artistry in life so in that case yes there are some cases where they may come to me and be like would you mind if we pitch this song to so and so and I go no that's definitely going to be on record too for me I'm going to hold on to that but if they had said would
0: you ever say no because you felt like it's a song that wouldn't be great for the artist like if you weren't going to cut the song and they brought another artist in would you still ever say no or at that no. point, if
1: you're not going to cut it, you're pretty unattached. Right, if I'm not going to cut the song, it is it is free to anybody in my... Because, in my, I mean, I write 100 to 150 songs a year and, and release, like, 18 on this record. That's a big record, but that's still only 18 of 150 songs. And I get to write with, you know, some of these really great writers every day. So my, my motto is always, we can always write another song, unless it is something that is just an absolute hammer that you think can change your life. You know, if you're sitting on The House That Built Me, and you're like, no, nah, I'm not going to give that one away. That That's kind of the, the way I think about it. Anything else, I think, let them have it. Yeah. When you put out eight, 18 songs on a record, which is a
0: big record, you could have taken like the Luke Combs approach and put out the record, and then you could have done this whole thing and put out another four songs as the bonus version. When you put out 18 songs, does that mean there's more chances that one of those songs goes viral or becomes a radio single or something happens to it? Like, What happens... Like to me, this is
1: very in trend now. Everybody's putting out these big records, and I'm trying to figure out why. I think you're right. The landscape has changed now. like the more content you can put out there, the better. I don't think it improves the chances of one of them being a number one hit. I think you can just as easily put a nine song record out and have two number ones off that as you could an eighteen song record and have two number ones. you're gonna you know you're you're probably your initial. 10 songs are probably going to be your best ones anyway. But I think getting the, the more the more songs you can out just for people to consume. And for me, I'd also only put one song at a time out until now. I had an EP, but there were still like two new songs when that came out, and there's only six total. Yeah. So I'd kind of become, you know, all the songs I've, like Famous was my first gold record, and that's a love song. And another came after that, and that's a love song, and turned into this big wedding song. And so I'd kind of gotten into this thing of, being the love song guy. I was just singing all that, which is fine, but I I do love a sad song, and I do love, um, you know, I love all kinds of songs. So this time was the first time that I could actually, one through 18, people could get to know me musically and see something different from what, uh, the only thing they'd seen so far. So that, the longer that book is or however many songs it is, I think the better chance your fans have to get to know you and dive into what you're doing, which the better chance you have to make them a fan. you know. Isn't it hard, though, even though
0: this is a great record and people are putting out bigger and bigger records right now, it feels, but isn't it hard to fully get into an 18 song record and to listen to the whole thing? You're, it's asking a
1: lot of the fans to embrace this record a little bit, isn't it? I think it just depends on the person. Me, personally? You like, like a big record. I like a big record. Like, give me, next time I'm on a bus, or a drive, or somewhere, or a plane to somewhere, I'm gonna put, I'm gonna download the whole thing, I'm gonna listen all the way down. But that's that's how I listen to music. I know a lot of people now, you know, they don't even know who the artist singing it, the song is a lot of times. It's like, I like this song, I like this song, and they're all different genres, so it's definitely to each their own. I feel like a record is a cool thing. I think it'll always be a cool thing. Um, and so that's the way I like to do my, like my music, but you know, whatever it is, it, it may be, it's certainly asking a lot of some fans for sure. So when you cut the song, Fake Love, which had some really
0: big writers on it, uh, Maren Morris, Ryan Hurd, mm-hmm. Hardy, when you first hear the song, do you know who the writers are? Or does someone just send you the song and say, Hey, listen to this?
1: I did not know who the writers were. Um, but Marin was singing the demo. So, so- I, I did, I did know it was a Marin Morris song. And I do. I'm a huge fan of Marin's voice. I I, I like to sometimes kind of take the lane of male Marin. She's got that sultry, bluesy thing in there, but still mainstream. And so I did know Marin was on it. Um, I actually, anytime people pitch me songs, I ask not to have the writers on them.
0: I was gonna ask this because you know what's funny is I listened to the album down and I thought it was a great song, but then when I was looking at all the writers and I realized that Marin and Hardy and Ryan were writers on the song, I went, I gotta go back and listen to that. Yeah. And I think it might have changed my perception of the song. Even though I liked it out of the
1: gate, now I go, oh, this is a standout for sure. It does. Doesn't that happen? It absolutely happens. That's that's literally why I say whoever... You, I don't want to know who wrote the song. You don't want to know who, I who writes it at all. I want to hear it. I need it to hit me. And if that happens, that's fine.
0: And I, you knew that Marin was a writer on it. Or you knew she was singing on it just because you could just tell it sounded right. like her.
1: Yeah, I, I know her voice. I knew she was singing on it. She could have just... She didn't have to have written it, but I knew she was a part of it in some way. Um... And so that I was immediately like a little more interested in that song because Marin's and this happens to me too. Cause in another common thing that happens is like if I'm if you're another artist and you hear a song that I'm singing on, and I think this is a bad way to be, but a lot of people go, Oh, well, Adam must not have thought that was good enough for him, so why would I record it? Yeah, right. When the reality is like certain songs are better for certain people and you can't cut all the songs obviously like you just you only get 18 out of 150 so a lot of people will hear i could have heard that and been like oh well mary didn't want to cut it so i probably shouldn't or hardy or hardy yeah any of that stuff any of them could have passed on it i also tend to love i love a female on any song like I, i like when i'm writing i imagine most songs as a girl coming in the second verse or a duet kind of thing and so you I, most songs, your baseline is you just imagine a, a female
0: vocalist coming in at the second verse.
1: Yeah, I like songs to be able to swing both ways so they can, so you can sing them as a duet. I think that's a kind of a cool way to universally write a song that hits everybody, especially if you're writing about a love or a breakup or something, because we all go through that. So hearing it be like even Hardy, when I recorded it, Hardy called me the next day and he was like, dude, I never thought about this as a guy song cuz they wrote it for Marin hoping she would cut it. And like I never thought of this as a guy song, but this sounds freaking awesome. I love it. I didn't think it would work. And he even goes, it would have never worked with me singing it, but with your voice it does work as a guy song. Um so it it's cool to to watch songs turn like that. And I like I love any chance like when I do covers live, I love doing like Alicia Keys if I, if it ain't you. Um Just any kind of, anytime I can kind of turn what people hear is this way into this, I think it's cool, a cool way to hear a song.
0: So, but someone brings this song to you because isn't this the only outside cut on the album? Yeah,
1: first one I've I've ever recorded.
0: So, someone brings this to you and says, Hey, I think you would like this song. Yeah. Uh, Marin and Ryan and Hardy basically have all passed on it, but we think you should record it, is basically what someone says to you. Yeah. And you listen and you go, Wait a second, this could work for me. I hear myself on this but I need to bring in a partner? And then do you reach out to Daniel Bradbury's team, or or how does she
1: get on the track? Well, I I immediately knew I wanted it to be a duet. So Roxy King, who works at, uh, she's at Universal Publishing, sent it to my manager, Eric, and Eric sent it to me. And I think in this particular- Roxy loves you, by the way. I I love her back. I
0: was talking to her yesterday, and she was like, Adam's the best- yeah, she's awesome. She's the best. So she finds this song. Yeah, she and she's relatively early in her career at Universal, right? But she's already gotten some killer cuts there. Yeah. So you, you gotta listen to what she says. Well,
1: she's just passionately believes in things, yeah. right? She's she's not just like this is good. She's like, no, like you have to listen to this. You know, she's excited, right? You know? So she sends you this. She sent me this, um, and then it ended up. I ended up listening to it, and it, you know, it it says like Hardy and Ryan both pass on the song, but really they were all three and rightfully so, aiming at Marion Morris. And so, really just Marion passed on the song. She didn't want to cut it, it didn't fit her album, right? Um, and so it came to me, and then I heard it, and so I thought, when I heard the song, it made me, if you're in a relationship, you realize if your relationship is good or bad by the end of the first chorus. Like, you know. It, like, you could be in a relationship where you've been wondering if it's right, and realize, oh, yeah, I need to break up with them. Or, you got the right person, and you hear that first verse, first chorus, Yeah, that's the right one. Like, you know, whether it's good or bad, what you have after listening to that song, which is why I love it. It makes you feel that, or it made me feel that first listen.
0: And Daniel almost
1: sounds like Marin actually on it. They sound, they have a similar timbre in their voice. Oh, that's kind of where I was headed. Danielle, so she didn't, she actually heard the song about a week after I heard the song and did the same thing. She goes, Oh, I want to record that song, but I already had it. So we had it on hold. and when So you, she comes to you and she says, Let, yeah. let's figure something out. Well, she, I think we, our teams heard that we were both interested, and I already knew I wanted a duet version of the song. So we were just like, well, hey, I'm a big fan of Danielle. I love her voice. I think she'd sound great on it. Why don't you come be a part of it, and we'll do it that way. And it just kind of luckily worked out. How often does stuff like that happen when it doesn't work out? Because we don't hear about the times when
0: it doesn't oh work out. Like, Are people constantly coming to you saying, hey, why don't you feature on this, or why don't I do that, and it never happens? Or features are hard. Why are features hard?
1: Well, it's it's hard, first of all, to find two people in the same stage of their career where, you know, it's it's not super advantageous to one person and the other person's kind of doing a favor or the other way around. And then timing wise, you know, you got not only two artists involved, you have two labels involved. So, you know, Danielle has a record coming out, I have a record coming out, they have singles planned, I have singles planned, and so it has to fit into where it doesn't really get in the way. I personally have the belief that nothing gets in the way of anything. Like, you almost can't release too much music. It's just, Isn't that so true? Yeah. Like, I, I don't I don't understand the way of like, oh, we can't do that this week because this is coming out the next week. As a fan, I'm like, great, two releases. Right. And if
0: everybody wants to be on the song, and if, they, yeah. if everybody wants
1: the song to come out, yeah. let them do it. But in a way, it's like a miracle that everything lined up it is for this song. It really is. I mean, like, this is you're right, nobody hears about the features that don't work out. But like so often, even you get people on the song, get the vocal on the song, and get it that far down the road, and then something will come up and the timing doesn't work out. And then by the time you can put it out, your timing doesn't work out. And so it, it is it is very hard to get a feature unless they're like, you know, your best friend or buddy buddy that you can just be like, Hey, you want to sing on this song? That, those are the easy ones. But what worked out here is that you were both in the right place, album cycle-wise, single yeah. cycle-wise. And both loved the song. Both loved the song. I think the that's song. a big part, That's too. the big
0: part. Yeah. If, if you love the song, you figure out how to make it work. Or right. you tell your team, listen, I don't care what's happening. Find a way to make this
1: happen. Exactly. And we did. I'm so glad it worked out, too. First first outside cut and first feature I've ever had. So yeah.
0: yeah. So here's what I try to understand about your rise in Nashville. Because you've been here chasing this for close to almost 10 years, yeah. and along the way, you have been offered a, a handful of labeled deals that you turned down, which I think is potentially crazy that you turned down these deals. But it wasn't crazy. It's not. It's not. But what what was up with these deals that you turned them down? Because I feel like most people would have taken the first deal they got, and you were probably smart to wait for a minute, but why were those deals not the right deals?
1: Well, a couple of the early ones were more like what we would call developmental deals. So they're kind of, yeah, we're going to sign you, but the plan is to sign you. And then maybe eight months to a year down the road, then we'll talk about going to radio. And then we'll, you know, talk about doing the, really the, let's be honest, the one thing labels do, which is take you to country radio. In the world we live in now, to be an independent artist is a pretty great thing. If you can have success as an independent artist... It's awesome, and it's almost becoming the way. I don't know if you've noticed, but like people latch on to independent, unheard of, unreleased music. That's what you see going viral on TikTok all the time, because they've kind Do of. Do you think that's because they're independent,
0: though, or you think that? I be, think it adds a layer. But but you think that the fans actually are aware that some of these artists, the Spencer Crandalls, the Alexandra Kays, You think the fans are aware that they're independent, versus because they're independent, maybe they're more nimble and able to put more music out. And able to put more content out, and not be moderated as much. Right. But do you think that the fans actually have
1: like a badge of honor supporting independent I think, artists? I think the average fan doesn't know. They that, don't even know.
0: That's what but, I think.
1: But what these people do, and what anybody would do, why not? Is they play up. To, they play it like I. Yeah, I'm independent. Like this is just. I'm putting this out. It's independent. Look. I at this need go. you to support me because yeah. I got nothing here. And they they are on your team before anybody else is on your team. So yeah. it just adds a layer. I was really enjoying that, back to my story. It's like, why would I give that up when I've got, You know, I was a highway find on Sirius XM and that was in 2017, I think that was the first time I turned down a deal with 17. Same thing, a couple in 17, later in 18, and then 2019 I finally took the deal at Sony, but I did that because Famous was about to go gold independently and Sony said, it was no longer. we'll see what happens. It's, oh, you have a hit. We're going to, let's sign you, you and need go the straight juice to radio behind yeah. you. yeah,
0: I would think though, that waiting eight months to a year is actually not that much time to bring a single to radio, which is so hard, so competitive. And I would think that just getting into the room, getting into the ecosystem, would be all I could see if I was offered a deal. Like, now I'm going to be an X major label system. Yeah. What's eight months on my entire career if we're going to get it done in eight months or a year? It doesn't seem like that long, though. But it felt wrong, or it felt like maybe they weren't, if they were going to make you wait that long, maybe they weren't fully behind you. Like, to me, it seems almost... That's the big thing. That was the big thing. If
1: they're they're not signing you thinking you are ready to go, which I believe that was, right? Like, I'm not... In the world today, there's a lot of TikTok artists and whatever it might happen that have played, like, five shows in their life. Right. That was not my story. Like, I've been out playing 200 shows a year for five years at that point and c- had kind of honed my craft, had kind of honed my songwriting, had a hit song. And I feel like, you know, Whiskey's Fine, I had in 2017. That's another song that I felt, okay, this is a hit song. I've got what we need to go. If you're not ready to go, that's fine. But it was waiting until you have to have the right timing, the right momentum, and everything in place for that label to do their job, I think is what it is. And if they don't believe they have it, then why why would you sign you know why would you go sign with somebody that doesn't believe that what they're signing right now is ready to rock and roll that's kind of where I was at and so and also I was a you know I'm a business major so like not to get into finances but like you can do really well independently were you doing well independently very well yeah and then you
0: think oh, okay I'm going to bring this label on
1: and when you bring this label on they're gonna own those masters. They they have to you know, they have to buy them from you. But once they do, it's theirs. So like that monthly income that you're making off streaming and Sirius XM and whatever you might have going is now going all into their pocket. So you're not gonna you know, that's it. So if it doesn't if it doesn't go to radio and do the thing, you're really just kind of signing away your rights to this really successful thing you have.
0: What bucket were you doing the best financially in? Like were you doing
1: like was it streaming or was it it was both, It was you know, Sirius XM. Sirius XM, streaming. Multiple number ones on Sirius XM, which pays really well as, as an independent artist, and then uh, streaming as well. You know, streaming is every million streams, all platform-wide, is, is about $10,000 or so. Yeah. And so, yeah, when you get a song that's going gold independently, you can really make some money, and you kind of, you don't, you don't need a label for anything except to go to radio. That's kind of the thing. Like I recently found out uh Ben Rector is independent. Completely independent. Blew my mind. And I'm jealous. I'm very jealous. You're still jealous. Yes. That Why? is incredible. Do you know because he was able to do the things that you know, he's he's doing it in his own way, which I always I'm always going to think it's cooler. I just kind of came up with that chip on my shoulder a little bit. Which is from being doing what well chip in, the chip that you think it's cool to be doing it independent or to yeah build to be the able to do it just to be able to pull it off by yourself is yeah. pretty cool but also like it's one or the other people don't realize it but Ben Rector you know his streaming money he he doesn't need the label to pay for a tour bus or a publicist or you know any of that stuff he that he does well enough independently from that success so it's just all picking the lanes now when it's all said and done I am not saying I regret signing with a label at all because I my goal is to play stadiums one day like I, I want to play I want to do like what Luke Combs is doing right now and these guys are amphitheaters or whatever it might be and I still believe like you need that you need the radio you need that juice that a label can provide to get to those points to get so, there yeah and I'm willing to take that risk because that's where I want to end up it's just all kind of your definition of making it I think do you feel a little bit and I know your team <clears throat> your
0: your team has got a lot of hustle but a little bit when you sign the label deal, does it almost change your mentality that you feel like maybe we don't have to hustle as hard? Because now I've got an entire label hustling on the music and everything. Like, do you feel like you can relax a little bit and let some of the team members on the label doing the work? Or are you still hustling just as hard with the label?
1: Um, I would say just as hard or harder. Harder?
0: Yeah. Because you feel like now there's so much more at stake or you now. Gotta,
1: you got you to go through more red tape now. It's not, I can't just put out a song tomorrow. They got to see it go viral on TikTok. You know, you can't just put out a song. When I could, before I could just, oh, I love this song. Let's put it out. It, that's it. Is
0: that because I just saw a couple of days ago, you teased a new song on yeah. TikTok, even though your album just came out like a couple of weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. So you're. is that because you're already thinking, let's start this process, even though the album just came out,
1: let's immediately start seeing yeah. what's
0: going to work or what's next this, the album's out Yeah. now we're moving on to the next thing potentially
1: yeah honestly that is exactly why you tease new music or yeah I mean it's just like you hope to see the reaction because I know if it gets a big reaction if it gets the million views on TikTok or they're going to put it out it's
0: coming out otherwise when's the next moment you would be putting music out naturally without a big viral moment
1: um, I mean, I would say next year, next year, you know, yeah, at some point next year, we'll let this record, we're going to tour this record and do February, March and April, our first headlining tour, um, and let this record sink in and hopefully let something take and go to radio. That's, right. that's kind of the goal. And then probably do, you know, sneak one out late summer next year or something and try to start the next process of, of, uh, an album too. But there's a lot of it, you know, already kind of done. It's just kind of how it works. It's I, just sitting there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. So, d- when you turned down the deal in 2017, you said you felt like you were ready. Do, looking back, do you feel like you were actually ready, or do you think maybe you were actually weren't qu- quite ready? Maybe you needed a couple more years before you signed the deal. Like, are you empathetic to what they were seeing, or did you feel actually ready in 2017 looking back?
1: I feel like I was ready. Yeah. Um From most perspectives. I mean, obviously... The, the longer you do it it's you know songwriting and and all this is a mu- is kind of like a muscle you know it's just going you're going to get better and you're going to learn things as you go there was a big part of me that was ready though you know i, I feel like you could have put me on whatever tour that year or taken me to meet whatever radio stations or and it worked. whatever podcast yeah i, yeah, I think it would have worked just fine um but you know it, it just it's just all timing everybody everybody has to feel again like you have your team has to all believe and be excited about it And I just didn't think that was there.
0: And a little bit when you wait to sign the
1: deal, what's funny is like if you
0: sign the deal and if it doesn't work right away, all of a sudden you become the guy who's like been sitting on the label too long, and then maybe you get dropped and you sign another deal and then there's like a stigma. Oh, he's two record deals in, this isn't working. But if you hold off and if you keep building, then it's like when you sign the label deal three years later, you're like fresh again. Like you're you're brand new all over again. Like does any of that come into
1: play? It did for me. I mean, it definitely felt like the beginning again when I, when I signed the deal, you know, but also I think I really think it's just all it's you know your team can only kind of be as good as your music or what you have going, right It's like whatever booking agent you have, if you have a song in the top twenty on the charts, they can most likely book you on whatever you need to be booked on, but again, they probably can if you don't have a song on the charts that that just kind of works for you, and we had famous going at that time, which was kind of doing all the heavy lifting for us. And I think you make a great point like the longer that you can stay this new shiny thing or be it, be somebody's new idea, I think just the better and more fresh that everything seems because like we were just talking about everybody's always looking for their new favorite artist. You know what I mean? They they they'd love to find that. That's another thing that goes back to the underrated poster. I mean the uh the um Independent post about artists. They're like, "Oh, look what I just found!" And nobody even knows this guy, and he's great. And yeah, this right. Girl. And it's a cool feeling. I think we all like that, right? And we like to be that. That's cool. That you post something, and everybody's like, "Wow, look at this! This is great!" So it's. I mean, it's a. We could talk about this whole new world of like TikTok all day because it's it's a crazy landscape out there right now. And you like. Me or you could put our phone right here and sing something and be famous tomorrow. You know what I mean? You just never know what's going to happen. Do you feel a little bit, even though you're like on top of the world right now, you have this new record out, everybody's talking about Adam
0: Doliak, you're making it all happen. But a little bit, do you feel like I was doing this the traditional way for 10 years, and now some kids, I don't want to say they've cut the line, but some kids have come up, they haven't grinded on the road, they haven't played the shows. And all of a sudden, they have millions
1: of followers. It seems like they didn't even work that hard. Do you feel that way a
0: little bit, or you can't think like that?
1: I mean, there I have had times where I thought that way, but I really, I really feel that way. I, I, feel I really, like... it, I mean, there's a lot of truth to that, but at the same time, like, just nothing good comes from being bitter and thinking that way. It yeah, just, but just because nothing good comes from it doesn't mean you you
0: don't end yeah, up feeling that like way those or feelings, thinking that. Those
1: feelings are certainly like have been there, and I have thought those things. But it just, it just takes me out of a happy, creative, creative place. And like, you know, I don't want to be, I, I want to root for people. I think that's the way, that's the best way to be around this town. Like we were just talking about Mitchell, Tenpenny. And like, he's my good buddy. I don't ever want to look at him having number one and be like, Ugh, Ugh. my song was better. Yeah. Like I want to just be happy for Mitchell. Because we, you know, he's gone through a lot too. He had a number one and took a long time and then finally got another one. And it took like a song going viral on TikTok to get it. But I try. That's certainly there, and it shows. And I, I have to think people can. What shows? What part of it shows? Well, if you go see somebody play a show that, just oh, that, came fresh off of TikTok, it shows
0: that they might not know what they're doing. Yeah, they're still there's figuring a lot of yeah. they don't
1: know, They still got to figure it out. But that's kind of for people to decide. I think I just I try to take that off my plate and just try to be happy for especially my buddies and just not talk you know shit about anybody because we all it's however you look at it. We've all got a different way to get wherever we are and this was like, you know, what if I was starting music right now? I'd probably download TikTok. You'd be all over TikTok. <laughs> and just yeah, you know, that's just the way it is right now.
0: So but does any part of you because I've had jobs that people have offered me that I've turned down. I've turned down like investments like I've turned down lots of things because I felt that they weren't right. Some of them I think thank God I turned those things down. Some of them some things I look back on I go, maybe that would have been a good thing or maybe if I'd done that I'd still be here now, but I would have done that and that would have been great. Does any part of you think, you know, maybe there would have been a benefit from taking a deal sooner? Because I think most people jump at the first chance they get to take a deal. And I think it's unique and maybe advantageous that you
1: didn't. But does any part of you look back and say, For three years I could have been in the label system? Not at all. Not at all. Not 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 a single part of me wishes I would have signed a deal earlier. It's it's also I mean, you look at when you sign the deal too. Like I had Famous, I I bet Famous went gold right around a couple months after COVID hit or something like that. So that kind of got squashed at radio. And I mean, if you ask people now, like I was talking with uh, Nate Smith the other day and he's like, you know, we were talking about his song doing well on radio right now. He's like, he's like, yeah, almost maybe I get there like you did or something. I'm like, "You you know, Famous never got out of the 40s. He's like, what? what are you talking about? And I think the perception was that it went number one cause it was kind of a big song in that way, but it never, it never did. It got squashed. But then you start thinking like, man, what if I would have waited to sign a deal till after COVID you start doing the math on like what you would have made in those couple of years off streaming and being able to put off out anything you wanted in that crazy world where everybody's putting out so much music in that time. So no, I have, I have no regrets on not signing earlier. You do wonder, like, ah, oh, I wonder if I'd have waited till after the pandemic, what would happen. You know? If
0: anything, you you signed too early. Maybe. Marginally. Maybe. I but mean, do, you, yeah. do you end up signing with Sony? Because wasn't Sony and Randy, did they offer you your first deal yeah. that you ended up turning down? Randy
1: had just gotten there. He had just gotten there. I mean, there. just walked in the door. So
0: he's looking at you, and he's thinking, I've got to sign some artists and really make my mark. Yeah. And he comes to you as one of his first signings, and, and you go, you turn him down, and then what happens three years later? He, he, does he approach you again? Uh, or do you say maybe now? Do you reach out to him, or does he come after you and say no, what's
1: happening? I kind of made a vow, and I think this is still good advice to any young younger artist yeah, or independent artist. It's don't like if if they're not contacting you, there's no point in walking. Lay back. There's no point in walking in. I feel that way too. Yeah, because uh, why? Why would you? No, you know, they're looking at somebody. It's not you. So that's what happened. Uh, Margaret Tomlin, who's A and R at Sony, um, actually the first time I played. And so this was. I think, I, I guess two th- either late 2016, would be my, it was my initial meeting because it was before I ever put any music out. Music came out in 17. In that meeting, I played this song which I've now released called Mom and Daddy's Money.
0: Great song. Thank you. Phenom- phenomenal song. Never, It never Ballad, really got yeah, any yeah.
1: traction or anything. But Do people
0: love that now though? Like, Is it a fan favorite of, of yours? It's a
1: real, it's like a, Big, like big Adam Real Doliak, Adam fan Doliak yeah. the The diehard fans. Yes. yes. They love it because they've heard it. I mean, it hasn't gotten a lot of spins, but people who know, yeah. know though. They know how good that song is. And I like is. to, like, I play that one. I'll play it just piano at the show or just acoustic at the show. And it, it's always a really good moment. And um, so I played that song, wasn't out. And I remember Margaret in that first initial meeting really, really loved that song. And so she kind of kept an eye out and kept in touch with me. Uh, for those next couple of years, and so when it came time that like famous was doing really well, and I think puzzle of us, they were both on the highway going at that time, and so she had been watching the whole time, and so it just she's the one that reached back out, and we went in and had a meeting, and just kind of went from there. And when you go into that meeting in your head, like give me the real, the
0: real scenario, are you thinking? This is it. We gotta find a deal because this song's blowing up and I need some momentum and we gotta figure this out. Yeah. Or were you still unsold? Was it still
1: on Sony to sell you that you needed a label deal at that time? No, I wish I'd have been that that stubborn about it. I I was like, this song is taking off. It is showing all the right signs of a big, big hit. We need We need to go straight to radio yeah. with it. That was like that was in the deal. Straight to radio, no lag time, like immediately straight to radio. And so, you know, as long as that and, you know, the money side and everything was where I thought it should be, like, if they're going to get, if they're going to pay me for the song, what I think I'd make in the next year or two, great. And we'll go straight to radio. And so we got, we got a good deal. What we got screwed on was timing, you know, it, the COVID thing happened and it was, you know, there was not many. I think Nico, Nico went number one during COVID as a new art, first number one. But other than that, I think him and maybe Laney Wilson were the only two that kind of made it through. As and new artists. As new artists. Relatively new artists. During yeah. that crazy time where everybody was scared to play anything new and trying to keep everything really light and familiar for the fan base, which makes sense, you know. Um, but, yeah, it was just it was just a tough landscape to get So get how through. does the song, because
0: it's kind of funny that you said the song did, like peaked in the 40s, because I actually, yeah. subconsciously, I almost thought it went higher, because it's yeah. everybody just knows this song. But what is actually the conversation... When someone tells you that, like that's it, like does the label say we can't push this anymore or this is
1: flatline? Like, how does that work? Yeah, it's pretty much a call from the head of your radio department that says we're going to come off of this song, and it's just yeah, it's just stations not adding. You know, it's you have your ad week, and then you have your second week, and those two are normally pretty good, and then you never really want to go more than two weeks or anything without somebody adding yeah. the song. And so that was when, such once a weird it gets stagnant, yeah, everybody froze, everybody yeah. lost their jobs. You know, program directors got cut in half. It was it was a weird time. Um, and so, yeah, that's probably what happened. And you can't really, you don't know what happened. You don't really, you can't blame anybody or anything because the world we were in, everybody was doing that world for the first time. Like, you couldn't radio tour anymore. I couldn't show up and play famous in person and shake hands and kiss babies or anything anymore. So you're just, you know, you're trying to do... Zoom hangs with these radio teams and it's yeah, just it's it, awful. It, it was awful. Yeah, it was just D- Did the song still
0: get a boost though from making it as far as it did? You don't think so?
1: No, it didn't. It didn't. It never played enough on any station to even get tested. It just wasn't even It didn't fail. It, just, it didn't succeed So why do or we all fail? know
0: this song? Because this song seems like one of those songs that if you're a country music fan, you know and you love. Like nobody doesn't know this song. Yeah. How, how did it get there? How how do was it from playlisting on Spotify?
1: It was from Spotify. I'm trying to think, of it was how, from playlisting all I, the way around. It got all the big playlists, and then SiriusXM yeah. is SiriusXM. SiriusXM is a is a big big part of my fan base now. I mean, that's kind of where I started, and I don't go anywhere without somebody coming up and being like, oh, "I love hearing you on the highway." Yeah, always. That's it.
0: Yeah. It's, it's such a great song though. everybody loves the song. So when you wrote this, I, I think your brother says to your fiancé, she comes down the stairs. You guys are going out to dinner. Yeah. And your brother says, like, oh, you look famous. Your yeah. brother says this line. He does.
1: I always tell the story. I'm like, I know it would be so much better if I was the one telling my girlfriend that No, but I,
0: I get what's happening. <laughs> I see how it could be perceived as yeah. a little weird, but I get the scenario. And then you file this into your head, and then you go into a right, and what do you, what do you say in the right? You say... Literally that. You say, guys, what about a song where... Someone is saying to someone, girl, you look famous. That's mm-hmm. what you say. Mm-hmm. And and everyone says I actually great. just
1: said the story that you just said. I was like, the other day, you know, my girlfriend was walking down the stairs, and my brother turned around and looked at her. She had this really puffy, nice coat on. He's like, Damn. Damn, you look famous. You look famous. Yeah.
0: And and everyone says, Oh, great idea. Yeah. Let's write that. Yeah. So th- then what happens? Then does someone throw out the opening line?
1: Uh yes. I wrote that with Andy Skib and Which it's funny how this stuff happens. Andy Skibb, who has produced a lot of my music, he had just been to, I think a Alan Stone concert the night before. Yeah. So like, I think a lot of the success of that song was that it was recorded so stripped back in like a different, you haven't really heard a lot of stuff like that at that point. And that's the demo. We didn't change What had thing. you not heard? W- what about the song? I think production-wise, just the whirly, you know, just kind of the bluesy. I mean, it had nothing. It was literally the piano a vocal and like a slide guitar there was there's not like a str, a full chord yeah. on a guitar anywhere which at that's least like, in is my that a song today
0: because now i'm trying to think about the production of it is it that stripped back
1: yeah currently yeah
0: i gotta re-listen to this. i mean
1: it's it's literally just piano back and that's forth right. yeah, yeah. It, it's nothing it's it's way less than you think it doesn't it
0: is. sound like anything's missing though it sounds it doesn't
1: it's perfect that's why we didn't change it so
0: that but that's what was a little different about was that it was kind of Stripped back a little. Yeah, bit. I
1: think it was a new, a new sound, and but he had gone to that Alan Stone concert, which yeah. I, do you know Alan Stone? Not that well. Well, I don't know him personally. But I, I'm I just don't even a know the music. That fan well, of, but you're a big fan. Yeah, his, yeah. His bluesy and just so good. It's it. You should check him out. But he was kind of in that headspace, so he just kind of went with it and tried it, and that's kind of what ended up popping out. But Bobby Hamrick, who is one of my favorite writers, uh, kind of got that one rolling. I remember he just sat down. And he spit out like must have been living under a rock, must have not left the house for a couple of weeks or a couple of years. And he just kind of spit that first part out and we just rolled. It was pretty quick. And when do you because sometimes like you like, you know, I've heard John Mayer say in interviews that he'll get these
0: ideas for songs and sometimes he'll be afraid to sing them too early because then he gets stuck with this melody. And like, right. when do you sing like, girl, you look famous? Like, when does that part how, how do you get that part?
1: I think it just felt exactly right that day. Like I, I don't ever remember. I have a little bit of that too. Like if it's an idea that I really love, a of all you want to try to write it with the right people. Like you don't want to waste it on like somebody you've schmucks. never written you with. Want, yeah. Schmucks. You don't want to waste it on. Well, <laughs> yeah. just you the unknown. Like you don't know how things are going to go. So yeah, right. I wasn't going to use it in the first date, but they. We just started, that feel of that song just kind of felt perfect. And I already had the kind of, girl, you look famous, like in my head a little bit. Hadn't sung it out loud, but I kind of had it going. So it was really just figuring out the verse and the pre-chorus melody of that song is also, that's the only pre-chorus that I don't have to sing in the set. Like people know the pre-chorus.
0: And then the next line, like to me, I just don't know how people write songs. It doesn't make any sense to me. But the next line, South Beach or Vegas... Like, are you thinking that okay? Famous. Something's got to rhyme with famous. Girl, you look famous. Like South well, like, Vegas. You know, like, is
1: that how you? Come, is it that simple? No, it's it's the lifestyle of those places. I mean, like red carpet, famous. It's really really. So you're, that's what you're thinking of. You're, yeah, you're yeah. thinking like. And obviously, Vegas rhymes with famous. Vegas. Yeah. So
0: then, do you get Vegas, and then do you figure out like, what can I put in between Vegas and famous to rhyme to make it fit? South Beach goes with Vegas. Like, is that is that how you do it?
1: It was really just. We were just trying to get like South Beach, Miami, obviously, and just like these these fame these people with red carpet, cameras out, paparazzi kind of situation. Those were just the first two cities that came to mind. I mean, it wasn't like we got a list out and we're like, which ones are better? Yeah, it just popped out, popped you know? out, yeah, easy. And then obviously the Vegas rhyme, that one kind of had to be it.
0: I, I, I this, you make this seem so easy though. The, the well, it's it's certainly I, I, some I, days are.
1: Some I gotta days start are.
0: writing songs. This this doesn't seem that hard. Well, this, this to, seems it, like, I just
1: came from one that I did not finish. <laughs> really <laughs> bad right today? It wasn't a bad write, but it was a first write that I, I've never written with one of the guys. So we yeah. really got like a verse and a chorus and then maybe, you know, almost a chorus or something. So that's not a bad day, though. I, in my opinion, if you go in and land on a good idea, that's great. For and will day. you go back? Yeah, and, we'll go back and revisit. work on it some more. Yeah. Do most
0: people go back? Because I feel like a lot of writers, if they don't finish it that day, they're not going back. Why? It's, why it's, would you? it depends? Depends. Yeah.
1: but I don't think that like just because you didn't get it that day, it's not a hit song or something. Yeah, like you, it is good to go back and revisit these songs. It's like the house that built me was seven years in the it making. It Forever to, yeah. to write that song. Yeah, Tom Douglas.
0: It's what, unbelievable. What a legend. So okay, the new album's out now, Barstool Whiskey Wonderland, which I I love this album. It's it, it's a it's a big album. It's yeah. a big ask of the fans. To, listen to eighteen songs. But you know what? Eight
1: we're already out, or nine we're already out. You're right. So came really. Out. So like, pull up, your, pull up your big boy Nine pants new songs.
0: And listen to nine yeah, new you're songs. You're welcome.
1: You're welcome.
0: Jesus. It's like, <laughs> come on. Um, so I think Girl girl in Love is an unbelievable song. Thank you. There's songs all over this. The whole thing is just really easy to listen to. When country music comes from, uh, where country music comes oh. from, kind of a ballad, gorgeous. I love that song. Slow song. It's out now. We're going on the road soon with Alana Springsteen.
1: Mm-hmm. February, right? Yeah. First headlining tour. First one. Now it's, you know, whether You're it's... freaking out about this? No, it is a little nerve wracking though because I mean, we've done, we've opened for gracious everybody, I feel like at yeah. this point. So it is, at some point, you have to be like, all right, we're going to do our own thing and see who, see who shows up. But every time we've had the opportunity, like one story I like to tell is this last year. So when COVID happened, we had just, I've been going to CMA Fest for years. Love it. River Riverfront stage is like, been a goal of mine for a long time. I wanted to play the riverfront stage. I love that setting out there. And so they announced the lineup right before COVID hits, and we're on riverfront. We're about to play it for the first time ever. And then, of course, COVID hits. It cancels. The next year cancels. And so they come to 22, and they announced the lineup again, and we're not on riverfront anymore. Jesus Christ. And you like, what, Eric, what are you doing? You're not calling uh, CMA.
0: And you're saying, what the heck, guys? Eric's getting
1: cussed out by me. When we got
0: happened. screwed over two years in a row. We're not making the Riverfront. We're hotter now than ever. What's going on? Nobody has that conversation
1: with uh, with CMA. Uh, I don't know. That's that's not my. Uh, that's a, so. I, I, I asked for that conversation to be had. Believe and me. Eric, oh, so what happens? Well, nothing, happened. nothing they, they, happened. They announced the they announced the stage we were playing. We ended up playing that stage, but we. Like six thousand people showed up to play that that, that day on that stage. We're playing the stage. We play on the stage in front of a They show up to watch. They show up to the show. Because yeah. I was I was to be honest with you, like bummed out. I was going to play CMA Fest, upset that we were we didn't get where I thought we should be. And until like I got there and I walked on stage and it was the biggest crowd they had the entire week and six thousand people showed up to watch the show. And it was awesome. But I say that to say like every time we've had those kind of moments where this didn't work out or that didn't work out the fans have really showed up like more than I thought we had wherever we were and so that's kind of a big reason we were like okay it's time to go do our own shows sell our own tickets and try to sell out some of these rooms by ourselves you know it's it's kind of it's hard but it's also going to be that much more rewarding when you know we're playing chicago or new york and it sells out it's going to be pretty awesome it's gonna
0: be incredible
1: and everything's looking great so far so i'm i'm more more nervously excited about it right and who puts you who like do you have conversations with agents and or your agent they say
0: these are the rooms we're gonna do and this is gonna work this is gonna sell well yeah i mean they they know
1: better than i do obviously because they've put together so many more tours and kind of really the size. Cause I would rather like if I'm going to sell 500 tickets somewhere, That's I don't want it to be in a 1500 ticket room. Yeah, Like I'd rather it be a sold out 500 or 700, whatever it be. So I had those conversations with them as far as my vision for the tour. Um, but other than that, just kind of letting them handle it and, Um, it's it's off to a great start, and I like that we have, you know, a little bit of break before it starts in February, so. Yeah,
0: so you can take it easy. Alana's coming out on the road, who's incredible. Here's what I want to ask you, because we're running out of time, but you're getting married December, uh, 2nd, yeah, Yeah. and I heard through the grapevine that you guys just, like, did you guys just fire your wedding planner out of nowhere? Oh god,
1: yeah, we did. How'd you hear that? I,
0: I've got, I, 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 I'm in the wedding planners, uh, uh, community. I'm very deep in this. Are you a wedding planner. Yourself? They're talking about you guys. Well, Someone's it's... very upset. Yeah, I haven't heard anything. But how? Wh- what happened here? Why? How far out did you fire the wedding planner? Uh, it's about a month ago. So what happened here? You, we gotta talk about this because this well. is insane, right? Without were they mentioning, screwing up. W- Don't mention any names. Without mentioning just tell me any what names.
1: Happened. Um Yeah, I mean it was just a lot of things being said they were getting done and nothing actually. And nothing getting was done. getting done? I'll just put it this way when we made the decision to fire her, it was well we tried about a month before. They had a my fiance and her had a heart to heart and she was like, No, we'll work it out. And then um a month later we actually did because we had heard of some other weddings that my my way of thinking was, okay, maybe like She's a gamer, right? The week of the wedding, she's going to be on top of it. It's going to be great. She's no. going to kill it. I talked to some friends that also had used her, and the day of was a bit of a nightmare. So once I heard that, I'm like, okay, this. Is... So
0: then, do you pull in another wedding planner immediately, or then do you guys just say we'll plan our own wedding?
1: Um, well, my fiance is very Type A, so she's she actually has been great ever since this because she has more control and knows what's going on. But we have our florist kind of doubles as a week of wedding planner. So she's going to step in and help. And then we're kind of handling the rest. And um, that's just kind of where we're at. It's all kind of worked itself out. There's a couple things we couldn't get. Like (laughs) that she had booked. We wanted trolleys for the wedding party. She had booked the trolley that was six hours away from the wedding venue with a minimum $10,000 charged to show up at our wedding. That's
0: a million streams. <laughs> yeah, you got to do a million, minimum of a million streams do a million to show streams up
1: to get that trolley. There. It was just a bunch. And then after we let her go, we started reaching out to our vendors, and every one of them responded with, "Yeah, we haven't heard from her in six to eight weeks." Oh my! So like, God, rentals weren't booked. The tent we were getting. How hard is it the, if your
0: job is to be a wedding planner to just keep in touch to plan the wedding? I don't know. Here's don't, the thing: I don't know. You know, my sister got married a couple weeks ago, oh. and everything went wrong leading mm. up to the wedding. Her dress didn't fit. The vendor, uh, the vendors were a mess. The band, like everything, was like falling apart. It's a stressful time. But the, but, and leading up, like even the week, day of rehearsal dinner, day of she was going to pick up her dress for the final fitting. Like up until the last moment, everything like was falling apart. Second the wedding hit, smooth sailing. Everything worked. Everything was perfect.
1: At least it wasn't the other way. But it's, it's just you know, it's a stressful. Always, I tell McKinnon, I'm like. I asked her if she wanted to elope at, right after we got engaged. I was like, if I had just waited till about three months into the wedding planning process, I could have gotten a yes on the elopement so quick. You're
0: not afraid to wait. That's the thing. You yeah. know
1: that good <laughs> luck is coming your way no matter
0: what happens, whether it's a label deal, whether it's the wedding, whether it's anything. You're not afraid to take a beat because you're not worried. It's all going to happen. It's all going to work out. Well,
1: I mean, that's putting it light, more lightly than it, than it is. I mean, I've had my share of very bad luck as well. Don't worry. But... Yeah, I I am a pretty laid back kind of dude. You know, that's that's kind of how I operate. But yeah, it's it's been. I thankfully I married the right. I'm I'm marrying the right one because she's handled she's handled it all really well. But you met your wife at a party. Yeah, that she. What was she doing? She was working the the event. She was the event coordinator. Yeah, she was the event coordinator. Yeah.
0: And Stormy Warren, you go up to Stormy Warren (laughs) and you say, "Stormy, like, who is that girl?"
1: I did. What Stormy says to you
0: that she's seeing someone.
1: Yeah, Stormy goes. Well, her name's McKinnon. I think you guys would really hit it off. Uh, but she has a boyfriend. But she has a boyfriend. But like, I, I've asked Stormy about this. Was that just not so true? Did times. she just
0: not have a boyfriend?
1: Because he could have ruined your entire fucking life. He like, didn't. He, he, he could... knew. like So I talked to Mac now, and she says that they had talked the week before about this yeah. at another event, and he knew that she didn't have a boyfriend. So he's just so... saying he was trying
0: to keep you away from her? Maybe what, he's what, just making me this, work for it. I don't know. What is this
1: logic? What happened? I don't know, but he got me. So he, I, I've asked him like four times. He always skirts around. He never answers He the never. I, so I, don't, he, I don't know he, why. He, I, he he was just ignorant, or he just didn't know. He got me again like three months later. It was when Famous was on the countdown for yeah. Sirius X M. And it was it was like number eight the week before. And, you know, once it starts going back to nine or ten, you know, it's probably done. And so we were in Key West for the Songwriters Festival and I saw him. and I'm like, hey, man, what's what's famous this week? Let me know. And he told me it was like nine or ten and it had gone the wrong way. And so I'm like bummed for a full day and a half that it's going to fade off. You can't. ended up being like four that week. You can't trust (laughs) Stormy on anything. But here's here's what
0: I don't understand. So Stormy says, you know, she got a boyfriend. She, She has a boyfriend. That's what Stormy says. And then you're you're waiting outside, I guess, for your Uber. I don't know. I'm picturing you waiting outside. Yeah. And her friend comes up to you with a brochure and says, oh, uh, b- before you left, we wanted to give yeah. you
1: this brochure. Well, her the n- whole night she had been doing the same thing. She's like, who's the guy? I want to talk to him. But you didn't know that in the I moment. I did not know that. Yeah. And I... You know, even thinking she had a boyfriend, I had gone back into like pee a couple times. Cause I was gonna, I was gonna run into her and be she's like, she's
0: gonna, I, she starts thinking you have bladder
1: control problems. Well, I never you saw just her. And, she, never never I never ran her. into her. She's in the back, so. But I was gonna, I was gonna drop some type of line of like, I've done my research. I know you have a boyfriend, but just wanted to say you're beautiful and have a good night. How was...
0: great would that have been if you did that? Oh well, and then
1: she would have said she'd have been like, "What?
0: I don't you, you got bad research, Stormy? Bro. Get over here, Wait, <laughs> Stormy." So okay, but so you're trying to see her, you don't see her anywhere. No. And then she was looking at you too, which she this, was. This never happens to me. <laughs> never ever do I say that girl is super hot. And then, does she come after me? <laughs> when it, like it, That never happens, that you're both in sync like that.
1: Yeah, it, it just happened to work out. And her friend was super awkward about it too. She walked up to me and I had like four friends with me and was like, hi, uh, we we're required to hang, hand these brochures out to everybody before they leave. Meanwhile, genius. we're like, we've already left.
0: It's genius. And
1: I was walking to throw mine away and there was a number on the back. So.
0: Thank God you didn't throw it away.
1: I know, but I texted her that night.
0: I love what you said. You had a great line. Yeah, that's. Yeah. I was gonna
1: say this is what I think hooked her. Well, first of all, I was like, I'm hoping there's a McKinnon on the other end because oh, you don't well. know if it's
0: her. You did, did it say like number McKinnon, or you were just no, guessing. No, it was just a number. You didn't know whose number it was. It
1: was just a number, and I didn't know how to spell her name either. So, um wait, but,
0: this is crazy. To me, how there probably were a hundred women in this room. How did you know it was her number? You just felt that it was her number on the brochure. It could have been yeah, anyone's number.
1: I just knew. Yeah. Wow. Um. But so I got in touch with her. What do you mean? You just knew that doesn't make any sense. It was the only. That's overly optimistic. You know, it was the only one that I literally said. I'm hoping there's a McKinnon on the other end of this. That's what you said. I think it was. It was something close to that. And so, and she said yes, and she was impressed I spelled it right. And then I said, "Cool, um, this may sound weird, but I don't want to talk to you anymore. Uh, We're done. But I'll see you Monday.
0: But I'll see you Monday because I don't like
1: speaking with people or texting with people when I don't know the way they're saying things or their their personality. Because I think you could take it. Like, is it sarcastic? Is it serious? You can just, you just kind of don't know. So yeah, I said I'll pick you up Sunday night, and I was going out of town the next day. So uh, she blew me off Sunday, but it was for a good reason. She was going to see her grandfather, and so we ended up going out Monday, and that was that was it. That was it. Where'd that you go? Sorry. Skulls Rainbow Room.
0: Not is that a great place for a first date? I can tell you a million reasons why I think that's a horrible place for a first date. Well, downtown.
1: Yeah, I mean. I didn't know anything about it. My only goal for that date was, I knew I wanted to take her somewhere that I'd never been with anybody. And so that was like a restaurant that I had never tried. My roommate at the time goes, why don't you try Skulls? We love it. Um, So we got there at 6.45 and ended up staying until like 10 something. but what we did not know is the burlesque show starts at ten o'clock at Skull's Oh my God. So that start that started while we were there. That's an interesting move for a first date. Did you but, kiss her on the first date or, or did you wait a minute? I did, yeah. She actually went in and kissed me on the first date. She kissed you on yeah, the first Yeah, She kinda date. went for it, yeah. Wow. O- yeah. On the doorstep, she did.
0: On the you drove her home and on the doorstep. Drove her
1: home. Yeah, we, we got a <laughs> we got a cookout milkshake and then I drove her home uh, yeah. after dinner. So nice dinner, cookout milkshake for dessert and then Took her home. Getting. I didn't in go inside, but it was, we did kiss.
0: Yeah, 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 No, no, it's very. Yeah. This guy's a gentleman over yeah. here. Yeah. Adam Doliak, we, we're, we're running out of time here. The album is Barstool Whiskey Wonderland, which you have to listen to. Could have loved you longer. Also, I love that song. A little bit of a 1975. Yeah, vibe I completely on it, right? agree. You nailed that. Do you, were I you thinking them. 1975 I on that them. song? You were like, how do I do a little country 1975 yes, thing here? Right? Absolutely. I love that song. Yeah. Uh, this album's long. There's 18 songs on it, but you're gonna listen to it with ease. Everything is going to come at you. You're not going to, have to chase any of this. It's all going to fall into your ear and you're going to love it. Barstool Whiskey Wonderland and Adam's coming on tour. He's going on tour in February. Alana Springsteen headlining tour. And here's the thing. There's a lot at stake for Adam now because he has a label. He's got people that he's employed. He's got an agent. He's got a manager. If you need to show up to the show <laughs> to keep this all going, you want Adam to keep putting out music Yes. He's putting out some of the best music in country right now. You, you need to go to the show to support him. He's not independent anymore, but you still need to root for him. He has an independent mentality.
1: Very true. And he's hustling for this, and he deserves it. So you have to go out to these shows. You know one more thing? Yeah. That I'm excited about the headline show? Every night when we're opening, you know, we only get like 40 minutes a night or whatever it might be. And so typically, typically, when you're opening for something, yeah, summer, now you're gonna have now we have as much time as minutes. we want. And, and after every one of those opening shows, fans come up and they're like, oh, Why didn't you play Neon Fools? or Why didn't you play this? or and so, and I'm like the type of person that cares. I'm like, Oh, yeah. don't you want to leave them? Why don't you come more? back to the side and like, Let me sing it for you real quick. Like, I, I do, You'll that. do that, I do that for wow. people, but now, now we get to put whatever we want in the set and play as long as we want, which I'm excited. How long about. you to play for? I'd say a solid 90 minutes every night, hour and a half. so...
0: Damn. This could be a, you're going to get your money's worth.
1: Yes. By the way, what's this group chat that you have with Hardy and Mitchell oh, Tenney? PCR. What does that stand group for? Group chat records.
0: Is that that someone's got to start that. Someone got to
1: start that? You're I mean, looking. it's it's it started. It's, we have it's t-shirts. Very, every,
0: every every this is a very
1: competitive group chat to be in. Everybody wants to be in this. It is. It's a good it's a good spot. How did the start? Did someone just start it off and uh It started well before my time. It's been around for a long time. So you got added to this. I got added late. I think I'm It was me. I got added in the last couple. Ernest got added right after me, and Jeff Warburton is, the, I think, is the most. How recent many people are ad. in it? I think sixteen of us. Is it closed or can someone sneak in? I think people could still sneak in. We lost a couple people in the quarantine for different reasons. Who did we lose? So, uh, well, <sighs> do you know? Do you know the band Cartel? No. Cartel was an old band. The so the singer of that band was in there. He 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 left, a couple people left. Um so there's there's a little room, but it takes a lot and there's an initiation and everything. So What's it's the initiation. Know, I can't I'm not allowed to say. What are you talking about? There's I'm not allowed a real to
0: say. I- but there's a real initiation? Of course, yeah.
1: What was it like do you all get together and and uh
0: do something? That's what the initiation is? Or is it like... I'm not allowed to say, unfortunately. But there, but promise me this. <laughs> I don't want to joke about this. Promise me that there's a real initiation. If there is, there's really something that happens to get into this group chat. There is, yeah. There's a real thing. There is, yeah. To get into GCR, group chat records. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It has to be all like artists and...
1: Not necessarily. Not necessarily. We're, just, oh, we're all in the same world, but not, not all artists, writers, artists, managers. There's all kinds of stuff in there. Uh-huh. This is a, this is a hot It's thing a safe to be place. In. It's Sa- a safe place.
0: Why why is it safe? Because you can say whatever. It, it, we if, could say whatever. If someone was to go through this and go through, would somebody be getting you know?
1: Oh yeah, we'd all be in trouble. You'd all be in sure. trouble. Yeah, we'd with all be in trouble. What's said in this group chat? Yeah, absolutely. I want to
0: get in this. This sounds big. <laughs> Actually, I don't. I don't think I belong in this. I don't. I'm not really friendly with anybody in this. Not that I don't. I don't. Not. I'm not not friendly with them. I'm just not friends. With, I'm not best friends with any of these people. So I wouldn't yeah. belong it's in just, this
1: chat. You know, it's just live entertainment all day, every day. It's just pretty fun. GCR.
0: This GCR you have t-shirts and an instagram page really Mm -hmm. what's the instagram page
1: i think just group chat records
0: and there's an initiation for (laughs) (laughs) this. crazy adam doliak on the podcast this week barstool whiskey wonderland you need to listen to this record you need to follow him on socials everywhere adam doliak it's easy super easy be looking at i bet people's gonna cover the wedding December second. Believe they are really good shot that we're going to see some photos and people. Yeah, it's going to be a phenomenal wedding. Got a new suit. Got a new suit. Excited. Fantastic. Yeah. Eric, did we leave anything out? What did we? What did we leave out here? You good? Anything? Now's the chance. What? What did we leave out? Anything? I'm happy. Wedding. We got wedding. Wedding's going to be great.
1: Famous people at the wedding. Who's going to be the most famous person at the wedding? I don't know that there's gonna be a ton of famous people there. Just you know, just a couple of my buddies. Mitchell? I don't, I don't think yeah, Mitchell and Megan and think, Is Stormy gonna be the Dan and Dan from from Dan and Shay Dance and Abby his wife. Yeah, yeah. They'll be there. They've been on
0: the podcast, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I saw you had Dan. We had Dan on we didn't have Abby on. We had Dan on. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. There'll be some folks, but nothing, you know, no nothing too big. Nothing crazy. I invited Ryan Reynolds, but I don't think he's gonna come. He didn't come? No. He's my favorite.
0: Did you really invite him?
1: No. I mean, if I had a way to, I would
0: Eric, how can we invite him this time I'm here about this. Eric can be at the wedding, Eric will be at the wedding. that's good, yeah, be awkward, <laughs> Adam, we're wrapping it up here. Thanks for coming
1: on the show. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for having me. I, I, Absolutely. I enjoyed it. We could talk for an hour more and I'd, I'd stay. So. I think
0: we could. Unfortunately, we're paying by the minute here in this studio. So okay. We're, we're, we're we'll wrapped. wrap it up then. We're done. Next, we got to get out of here. When you get a free
1: of charge one, let me know. We'll come back and do it. we <laughs> We'll come back two. and do it. I think yeah.
0: we have to. Yeah, we just scratched the surface. Cut it. That's it. Cut. We're done. Uh, whew. We did it.